Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week we have an amazing guest. Her name is Megan Martin and she is also a podcaster. Megan hosts the podcast, Wrong Kind of Christian Podcast, and that is an amazing podcast. You guys have got to go and listen to it. In addition to this, Megan is also a blogger and she is a Christian rock concert promoter. Megan has an amazing story to tell about how she found God, at a young age and how she was able to continue her relationship with God even in the midst of a very hurtful thing that happened to her at church. So without further ado, here is Megan's story of how she found God. Hello, Megan. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. You are more than welcome. I am super excited to have you here as a guest on Finding God podcast. I know you have an amazing story and you have an amazing podcast. So I am interested to hear how you found God. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and you can just answer however you will. And if it's too personal, let me know. If not, just answer the question and we are good to go. Okay. You're fine. I'm pretty um, open about it. So okay, we'll be cool. fine. Great. All right, so my first question is, what was your childhood like? Um, I say fairly typical, but I don't know that it really is anymore. Uh, my parents are are still married. They're celebrating, gosh, like their 50th anniversary, maybe next year. Oh, that's like, amazing. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I have older siblings. I'm the youngest by a lot. Like, there's several years in between us. And my family was not a... Um, a church family, like my, my parents both grew up going to church, but they didn't continue that on with us. Instead, they like, I, it sounds so funny to say now, because today's world, we would never do this. I, I don't think, but, uh, back then in the eighties, so long ago, the, uh, they would like, you know, a bus would come around and pick up the kids and take us to church and then bring us back home. And 
And so we kind of did that for a while. Um, and I, I got baptized when I was six years old because uh, my that church told me I was going to hell for taking ballet classes. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so, you know, we didn't go to that church for a super long time and my parents never came. So, but other than that, it was like, you know, it was a typical thing. My, my dad worked nights. So a lot of times, like once my siblings were out of the house, it was just me and my mom. And, um, you know, she's, she's still kind of my best friend. So, well, one of, I guess we'll count my husband and my own kiddos in there now, but yeah, you know, mom, she's still good. I'm still rely on her for a lot. So, um, you know, so it wasn't, uh, it was pretty quote unquote typical, I guess. You mentioned as a child that you did go to church and you, the bus would come and pick you up. And I know about those buses because even though I never went on the bus to go to church, we used to live in an apartment in New Jersey. And so my mom used to take us to church and she used to come as well. My dad never went to church though, but there would be buses that came around and pick up all my little friends in the apartment complex and take them to church. So I totally know where you were going with that because it used to happen when I was a kid as well. So when you went to church, um, what were you taught exactly? Like, what was that one thing that resonated with you that they were teaching you at church? Like, what were you taught as a child about God? Well, as a child, you know, I started, um, I said, I didn't go to church uh, for a super long time. Like I said, I, the, I remember going to like these girls groups and, um, for some reason I have a vivid memory of making like fans out of paper and stuff. And, um, and talking about the wind and how, you know, we can't see the wind, but we, but we still know it exists and, you know, you can't see God, but you still know he exists. So from like early childhood, I remember that kind of stuff. I, I did start going to church again when I was, um, I think a freshman, I might've been eighth grade. Okay. I had a friend who, um, honestly, we did not like each other. Like we, I, so I say a friend and it's a very loose term. We had the same friends really is what it was. We did not get along. <laughs> But I'm assuming I must have been like the last choice. She went around, you know, asking people, hey, my church is going on this trip. And do you want to go? Can you go? And nobody else could go. So she ended up with me. And for some reason, I don't know why I was like, yeah, sure, we'll go. I'll go. And, you know, my parents said I could go. And so I went and it changed the whole trajectory of my life like that. It was a week long, you know, kind of a retreat for the for the youth group and thousands of other kids that were at the same camp. But it, it did, it changed the whole, uh, my whole life. And, you know, she ended up becoming my best friend and we, you know, I found God then like more so than I ever did when I was a, a small child, like, you know, just going to church because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. So what was the thing that made you like really connect with God at that retreat when you were in middle school or almost high school? Right. I, I, Honestly, I think I was looking around and I saw all these people that I knew from my own school and, you know, all these strangers that I didn't know. And they all had something else, something that I didn't have. And I, and I wanted that. And, uh, you know, so I, I ended up just starting to go to youth group on, I wasn't even going to church then, you know, it was just youth group stuff and connecting with the, I had an amazing youth minister who uh, spent a lot of time really kind of discipling me. But it really was just seeing that they had something, they had peace yeah. and like this joy that I just didn't have. And most of my friends didn't have, and I didn't know what it was. And so they, you know, 
I had to pay attention and, and grab onto that, you know. That's amazing. Like, that's truly interesting because I know most kids during that age, they're trying to run away from things they've been taught as a child. So for you to run to it is right. truly just something I think is spectacular because you went to something where everyone else is running away from it. So did this last as you got older into adulthood? Yeah, absolutely. That was, I mean, like I said, it changed the whole trajectory. Um, you know, it, it, God must've really wanted me to be there because like I said, this girl and I, we weren't friends. There's no way that she should have invited me to go to this event. And, um, and she did, and I ended up there and, and it changed everything. I ended up going to, um, Ozark Christian college in Joplin, Missouri and graduated from Ozark. And, um, you know, I did ministry internships and it kind of threw me into the ministry in, in some ways, children's ministry, youth ministry internships. And, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher, but I also knew that I wanted to uh, be able to share that with, with, you know, other kids. And I, I've always connected with those older teen kids. Mm-hmm. So now even I'm a volunteer youth minister at my home church and I do the wrong kind of Christian podcast and I have the wrong kind of Christian blog and um, God has saturated every part of my life. And, you know, there's, there have, there was a moment of me turning my back, you know, when you go to a Christian college or, and maybe I I shouldn't just limit it to that, but this is my experience. When you go to a Christian college, you're kind of on this, you know, literally we called it the city on a hill. You're surrounded by other Christians, all of the same mindset, you know, once you get out of that bubble, you have to like find your footing again. Like, oh, okay. Not everyone is a Christian and not everyone is, you know, uh, living this life. And so it kind of started right after college of me going, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't as sure-footed anymore. And then um, yeah, I, I got married. I had my daughter and, and then I got divorced and that changed everything. Like for, a, there was a moment there, a good, probably two years that I just didn't, I mean, I was still um, relying on God. I was still reading the Bible and having my prayer time, but I wasn't as invested in, um, in my church community at all. So kind of a, a, a long answer to, <laughs> to your question there. Yes, it's always been there, but there has been like those moments of um, weakness and, and, you know, not a, a disobedience, I guess, really. No, I get what you're saying. Cause I went to church school from like the time I was able to go to school. Cause the first yeah. year from first grade to second grade, I was homeschooled. And then from like second grade, all the way up into 12th grade, I went to a church school. So I was surrounded, you know, by Christians my whole entire life. So when I got to college, um, it was a whole different story. So that's when I found, I call it my rebellious stage, because I had a chance to break away from all that. Yeah, I went to church and stuff, but I actually went to school with other people who were not Christians. And the freedom of college is amazing. (laughs) So I totally enjoyed it. I did all the things I thought I wanted to do, which, of course, my kids laugh at now because they're like, Mom, that wasn't even a rebellious stage. I went to a couple clubs and then I decided I didn't want yeah. to do that anymore. Oh, you're so rebellious. Yeah. I, to me, it was. In my home, we could not listen to anything that wasn't Christian music. And it had to yeah. be like a certain type of Christian music. So I couldn't listen to Christian music with a whole bunch of drum beats and stuff. It had to be like quartets, like old no. school kind of stuff. And so <laughs> when I got older, I just told my mom, listen, I cannot do this anymore. I was like, I'm not even asking to listen to anything but Christian music, but I need some drums. I need some music to go with this. I need decent harmony because I cannot do that. 
So she finally did agree to let me listen to other Christian music, which is funny because it was all Christian music I wanted to listen to. Just some had beat, some did not. I was allowed to do that. And then once I got to be like 14, 15, I, um, I was riding to school because I was going to church school, but they didn't have a Christian high school in my area. So I had to ride an hour away and my mom had to go to work. But there were some kids who lived in my same town and they would drive an hour away. So I would ride with them. And that's when they started listening to music that wasn't church music. And I love music and I liked it. So I found myself, you know how they used to have like those, um, what do you call it, walkmates? I used to have one of those <laughs> and listen to boys to men or whatever on the headphones. <laughs> so I was rebellious in my day. And my, mom, and my kids are like, so you're telling me your rebellious stage is first, you listening to music that is not church music on headphones while your mom is in the room. I was like, yes, that was so bad. And it was just like, okay. And they're like, and when you got to college, the only other thing you did was go to a couple clubs and lie about being in a pageant. It's like, yeah. They're like, okay, so that wasn't a rebellious stage. So they call it a weak rebellious stage. But to me, you know, that was like major <laughs> in my day. My mom would have been mad if she had known that. So I totally get it. It's like you get that freedom and you just, and you know, I don't even know if it's, if we should even call it like rebellion or disobedience. Just like we're just trying to figure out who we are because when you are taught for so long a certain thing, you got to figure it out for yourself because right. you just got to know who you are and then let it happen based on who you are, your personality, everything like that. Now, you've mentioned something I'm really eager to talk about. You have a podcast called The Wrong Christian Podcast, and you also have a blog. Please tell me, what is that about? How did you get into it? Like, I've got to hear this. It's funny that we're talking about music because that has a lot to do with it. So it's Wrong Kind of Christian Podcast. And um, my husband and I, before we started this, these podcasts that we do, uh, we put on Christian rock shows. We got so much hate, <laughs> so much hate. I don't get so, it. Like people would either not come to the shows because they were Christian, or they wouldn't come to the shows because they were rock. And um, you know, we had. I t- I told this story a few times other places. It's just it. It was one of those moments where. Um, it kind of clicked in our head and I was like, okay, we had kind of been like tongue in cheek joking about being the wrong kind of Christians. We have tattoos. He has a big beard. He's a big, tall six foot three guy. Like he's covered with tattoos all over, you know, like he, he doesn't look like your typical, whatever, really he does. He looks like a typical Christian, but you know what I mean? Stereotypical type of look. So we kind of have been joking about it because I would try to promote these shows. And I would call some churches and I would say, Hey, just want to let your youth group, your youth minister know that we're doing this rock show, this Christian rock show. And, you know, here's, here's the info. And they would be like, Oh, we don't literally people would say, we don't do that here. And they would hang up on me. The, the last time we did one, we, we used to, uh, it was called city rock fest. So it was like seventh day slumber and the protest and, um, I I forget Zana and just uh, like five or six groups that were traveling the nation. And so we would just bring them to our, to our area. And uh, this older couple came and you're looking around and there's people who look a lot like my husband and I, you know, and there's also just a bunch of like high school kids, middle school kids, youth minister, you know what I mean? Just, just people, just regular people. And this one couple comes and she's wearing, this is going to sound so, I'm not judging her or them in any way. It's just it leading up to it to get the idea, the lay of the land here. There's uh, this couple that comes up and they're older, much older than the, the rest of the attendees. Okay. And she's got on like this fur coat 
and he's wearing a leather jacket, like nice leather jacket, like, um, you know, like a, and, and slacks and she's wearing heels. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Somebody's grandparents came to watch their show is what I thought. That wasn't quite it. They came in and we had blocked off the balcony because we didn't, if we could keep them contained in one area and not have to clean another area once everything was done. Okay. So they asked if they could go sit in the balcony because and I'm like, oh, you know, okay, it's fine. They're just, so they went up there and they sat through the first set. And I will admit the first set was more screamo music than what I would consider hard rock music, but they came down afterwards and I just thought, okay, bathroom break or whatever. No, they threw their tickets at me. The, the man yelled at me in front of my, my children and my mom and all of my workers and my volunteers and other attendees, um, just about how, like, he thought he was coming to a Christian event and all that. And I'm like, it says city rock fest <laughs> it's in the name. It's rock fest. And I didn't say that though. I was just trying to like diffuse the situation in my mind. I kept saying, your daughters are watching you handle this right you know and then he 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 didn't insinuate he just flat out said those aren't Christians in there that's not Christian music and I'm like okay (laughs) listen every song you heard in there was about Christ or God in general you know like every song that they sang had a a a Christian theme to it these are Christian men who are reaching people that you and I will never reach because they're not going to listen to us when they'll listen to that you know? And anyway, so he ended up causing problems for a few more days, like demanding money back. And it was all kind of complaining. Wow. To different so at that time we were just kind of like, you know what, we're just going to embrace this wrong kind of Christian name. And I was actually just starting a blog and it, I was like, you know what, I guess that's my name. Like, that's what I'm going to go with. And so writing the blog for about uh, a year and a half, I, I just tried to be authentic in what I was talking about. Um, you know, trying to talk about real life, with my Christian lens, you know, like this is, um, you know, like I said, I've been divorced. That wasn't an easy, um, situation for me. Lots of things happened surrounding that, that affected me for a long time. And so I tried to just share that. I try to share, you know, just tips on like what we can do, like reading the Bible with the author's original intended purpose. And then how do we apply that today? What does it look like today? And so back in October of last year, we're all quarantined, right? Yeah. And, and all that fun stuff. So I'm like, hey, let's turn this into a podcast to go along with the blog. And so actually now the podcast is a little bigger than the blog is. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty similar things though. Like I just did a very in-depth study of the book of Hebrews, like very in-depth. And um, I'm getting ready to start Ruth next week. And, oh. but in between those times we've talked about, um, well, I've talked about the divorce. We're talked about, you know, what does it mean to be religious versus being a Christ follower? Exactly my thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. So I I just want to be authentic in that and saying that, you know, you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to talk a certain way that doesn't define you as a Christian. You know, I, and I, I love this quote that going to sleep in a garage doesn't make you a car (laughs) any more than going to church makes you a Christian. Like, and not to say that you shouldn't be going to church, but that's not, if you go to church, it doesn't automatically dictate that you're a Christ follower, you know? <laughs> no, that is so true. So that's kind of, anyway, again, long convoluted answer to how we got this wrong kind of Christian title, but 
it just seemed to fit us in and people kind of resonate with it. You know, they hear it and they go, I don't know about that. You know, some people take offense to it. I just embrace it as being, you know, maybe the wrong kind of Christian is the right kind of Christ follower type of. I agree with you because I kind of have like the same experience. I've always been one, you know, everyone's like, you shouldn't question God. I'm like, well, if I have a question, who else am I going to ask? Cause he would know the answer <laughs> to the question. Or if I was doing something wrong, I, even while I was doing the wrong thing, I was like, God, you got to help me. And my mom was like, Yanni, you can't ask God to help you while you're doing something wrong. And I was like, he sees me. He knows this. So why can't I ask him for help? So right. since I'm a questioner by nature, I question a lot. I question everything. And if it makes sense to me, then yeah, I'll go along with it. If it doesn't make sense, then I'm just like, okay, so that doesn't work out. But no, I understand what you're saying because, you know, some people don't think I fit in with what Christian or religious thinking would be because my thinking is like out there you know I've always ever since I was younger I've always been like a liberal and I'm not all about I think people should choose what they want to do it's like I don't always agree with all of these views but the point is I think people should have a choice because I don't think God ever makes me do something he lets me choose so if I had the right to choose I think other people should too so even as a kid like I remember this one instance I was in college and they were I used to it was in South Carolina they were debating about, um, and I was a criminal justice major, but they were debating whether people should you know, be allowed all to gamble or not, because they oh, wanted yeah. to have a gamble, but they wanted to have legalize um, the lottery so that it could benefit the schools, mm-hmm. and so they were going to vote on it, and a whole bunch of people in my class are like, we shouldn't do that, because people should not be allowed to gamble and waste their money, and then someone brought up a situation about this lady who left a kid in the car, and I'm just sitting up there like annoyed, because I'm just like, these are adults here. They can make their own decision, and if they make the wrong decision, I cannot stop you from doing that, but there should be support groups to help them if they find themselves in that situation. So then I raised my hand, and I'm just like, listen, I said, I personally think that if someone wants to gamble, even though I probably would not do that, but they should have a right to do that. I'm like, they're adults, and if they're adults, they can make that decision. I said, we're talking about teenagers, yeah then you should tell them, no, that's just something you can't do until you get to be a certain age because they can't make that decision on their own. And then I brought up the point. I was like, this is one incident where someone died in a car because the mom did that. I said, it's unfortunate. And yes, you do want to um, stop things like that from happening. I said, but if it was happening every day to every mother who went into the casino, I said, then we would have a problem. I'm like, this is just someone who made a bad decision and was misguided and had bad judgment. I'm like, deal with her. Don't penalize everybody else and so they're looking at me like what and they're like Kiana don't you go to church aren't you a Christian I'm like I am I said but people should have a right to make their own decisions <laughs> you know so I have always been like that and sometimes when I talk to people about my views they're like so you're not against abortion I'm like I didn't say anything like that I said do I agree with it no I don't but I don't think I had the right to tell somebody what to do with their own body I'm like that's just not me. That's not my thing. I was like, God, if he, I like, God needs to talk to people and he needs to let them know. And I think he can do that because he stopped me from doing stuff. So he can talk to somebody else. I don't have to be the person who's being hateful and mean toward people. I was like, at the end of the day, they need love. So I don't understand why I'm forcing my views on somebody else. I've always been like that. And people have always had issue with that because even with prayer in school, I'm like, yeah, I do believe in prayer. I said, but no one's telling you, you can't pray in school. I'm like, my kids go to a public school and I'm just like, they can pray all they want. I was like, but they're going to stand up in front of the class and force someone who may not believe in God or prayer to pray. I'm like, that's just as wrong as if someone tried to stand up and force me to do something that I don't believe in. So 
that's how I've always thought. That's I've always been my views, and you just see people's face when they tell them these things. They're just like, huh? I can't believe this. I'm like, well, I just think people have a right to choose. So I, it resonates with me because based on what my political views and based on the way I dress sometimes, or you know, just me, even the music I listen to. You see, I listen to like church music, but it's like Christian rap, and so. I don't. You pull my hair out, and people are always like, "Oh!" And, and there are some Christian artists that I listen to, but for the most part, I'm. I don't. I just can't. Like, it, it makes me pull my hair out. I can't handle it. I need something a little more. And that doesn't mean that I'm listening to a, uh, you know, something that's so risque that it. I, I. If I would be embarrassed for my daughter to hear me listening to it, I'm not going to listen to it. You know, but. And see, that's another thing. I always, you know. Because I was always taught as a kid, gotta listen to church music. Because if you don't, this and that's gonna happen. And I used to be explained to me like you have to feed your mind, get things. And I'm just like, okay, but then I'm watching this on TV, and this is not good. But it's okay for us to watch this movie where everybody's shooting everybody up. But then right. you're telling me I can't listen to this song. Like I don't understand how that even goes with anybody. How does it correlate? <laughs> it does <laughs> not. So I totally understand where you're coming from because I think at the end of the day, these are not issues that are life or death issues you know it isn't and I think if it was something wrong with what we're doing God will let us know personally and we would stop based on what we do I just don't I think sometimes we put too much actually I think religion sometimes put too much energy into things that don't even matter instead of relationship you, need God. My, you need to talk to my husband because you guys have the same very very similar outlooks on all of that and to the point that he and I disagree sometimes that I'm like, no, we shouldn't allow for whatever, but he always stands by, you can't, um, what's he called? You can't legislate morality to a degree. Like, of course we have, like, you can't murder someone, but that's because it affects somebody, you know what I mean? Somebody else. So I, and I, the whole overarching theme is, is as long as you're not, what you're doing isn't necessarily, um, affecting my ability to worship God and do what he tells me to do, then I can't tell you what to do because you're not, there's a, and he knows the verse. I don't second Corinthians somewhere where it says something like, if they're not Christians, then you, you don't even need to be talking to them about it because they can't, we have no say so over anyone who, who's, who doesn't even claim to be what we are. So yeah. Uh, so he gets a lot of that too. Like I'm pretty quiet about things like that. He's not, he'll, he has no filter, which is why we have this other podcast that it, like, he just puts it all out there. He doesn't hold anything back. And so um, I think people are always kind of surprised to go, oh, he's a Christian, but he also wants to legalize marijuana because he thinks it's a great tax source. And, you know, not to say that we're going to go smoking marijuana all the time. Like that's not it at all. It has nothing to do with my desire to to do any of that it's you know people are already doing it so and you know and the whole idea of it um I don't really see it as any worse than alcohol and we have yeah. regulations for that and um you know I agree because sometimes we look at things like it has to either be black or white it has to be all in and it's like that's not the case like for me I know I am totally against police brutality I think there should be laws in place to stop that from happening but then again, on the other hand, I do respect the police officers because I think for the most part, they do, most of them are doing their jobs the way that they've been taught and the way they've been trained. So I don't think it should be like if you want legislation to make sure there isn't police brutality that you're against the police because you're not. It's just saying that 
I think that sometimes we just think either we're, either we're go for it or we're against it. And I don't think that's how that is. It's like, like even when you said with the marijuana legalizing it, I'm all for that. I don't see a problem with that. But that, like you said, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go smoke it and that I want to tell my kids, hey, go ahead and smoke it because it's legal. It's not like that. But it does. If people will look it up, there are some healing properties that can be found in marijuana and there are some other things. So people should have the option to use this if this can help them or whatever. And then, like you said, with alcohol, I think that does more damage <laughs> anyway. So, and we let that be legal. So, yeah. 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 So I get it. It's like, it's not all or nothing. It's like, I think there is some room for gray area in these things. And I don't think we should be the judge to make it legal or not legal based on our religious views or beliefs because there should be a separation of church and state and that's right. what we're supposed to be founded on so they should be able to do what they want to do as long as it does not affect us and if it happens in your house then you deal with that accordingly because this is a whole different situation <laughs> to your house I think that um Christians in general kind of get they look at that separation of church and state as a bad thing and it's really like it was it's there to protect us exactly just as much as it's there to protect the state it's there to protect us so we can't you know, push our toes over to the other side of that line and expect that they won't push back. Um, as a Christian who, uh, you know, who's my whole life is based on, like, I really tru- truly do try to go, okay, God, what's my decision here? You know, yes. like I, I try not to go in um, blind on any kind of decision where I need to consult God on that. So all of those things, like it, it can be difficult for me to put that line in there to go, okay, this is, this is me it doesn't necessarily them and, and, and God's okay with it, not being them because they have free will just as much as I have free will. And so I, I, it's just a, it's a blurry line and it's, but it's also a very, like, it's a bold line. It's there. And, and it, it, it makes it difficult. I think sometimes when it comes to our country and politics yeah. and you know, <laughs> all of that, no, it's gotten to a point now where I really don't even talk to people about politics because I'm just like, okay, my views are my views and sometimes you know it's weird because it's like I get along better with people as long you know when we don't talk about politics like I have a sister who's on the opposite end of the spectrum and I'm over here so we got to a point where I was just like you know she's my sister we talk about family kids and things that we can agree on the other stuff we don't even talk about it because we know how each other feels and we're both stubborn individuals so she's not going to change our mind I'm not going to change her so it's just like and then once you think about it, it, in the grand scheme of things, it really means nothing. <laughs> it does not. That's the crazy thing of it all. We put so much time and energy into the things that don't matter. Exactly. And, you know, in the whole grand scheme of things. I mean, it might matter in the immediate, but not, uh, you know, long-term. It's not the end of the world, so to speak. No, it's not worth losing family over. So I just leave it alone. Um, yeah. You mentioned a lot about your divorce. And I know in the email that you sent, you mentioned something about how the church didn't think that because you were divorced that you were fitting at their church. Like what happened with that? How did that make you feel? And like, how did you move on from it? Yeah. So uh, my, my husband at the time and I had been going to a church for a while. I mean, like we were pretty invested, you know, he had a mentoring group that he was a part of. I had, I was in the women's Bible studies. We, you know, we did this, you know, regular church things. And, um, when it got to the point where we were separating, like this was, this was it, you know, like we, there wasn't any coming back for it when the divorce papers were finalized and the, the senior pastor at the church and a couple of other people, like 
I don't know that they called them elders, maybe just like the guys on the board or, or what, you know what I mean? Like the church board. Um, my, my now ex-husband was not attending church anymore. And that church had never made it a, um, a secret, but it had never resonated in my mind when they said that they have a target audience of men ages 18 to 35. Like that's who they were going for. Mm. And I, I thought I understood that it was because if you get these men, then they become the leaders of their home. And you know, that, that brings the family in and, and maybe that's how that all started. But when it came to my divorce, they, and there were multiple services that, you know, like they had two or three different times that you could have gone to service, but they pulled me aside and they, my daughter was three at the time. And, um, they said, you know, Megan, you, um, you don't fit our target audience, but your ex-husband does. And we don't really think that he is comfortable coming here as long as you continue coming here. They say I didn't really know. Yeah. Like I didn't know, girl, I had no idea what to say to that. I don't even know what to say. And I'm listening to your story. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So I left the church, of course, but I didn't just leave that church. I left the church for a couple of years because you know, I, that was the biggest form of rejection. Like I'd already been through rejection with my husband. Obviously we were getting divorced, you know, rejection from his family, most of them, um, rejection from friends who had chosen sides. And now I was getting rejection from my church. Like that was something that I never saw coming, never saw coming. I thought that I would have the support of the church as far as like not supporting the divorce, I was already dealing with so much guilt from that on my own side of, of like going, I am a Christian. I know the Bible explicitly says that divorce isn't a good thing. And how do I go from, you know, that to back into God's grace? Like, because when you go through something like that, your, your brain kind of shuts down on, um, because there was no like abuse, like physical abuse. You know what I mean? There, he, he wasn't hitting me or anything like that. As far as I know, there wasn't infidelity. Um, but so there wasn't any, like what I would call a good excuse. You know what I mean? Like he just said he he was done and he wanted a divorce and that's fine. And, um, so that's where we were. And, and I didn't know how to bring those together. So thinking that I would have the support of the church to help me find my footing again as a Christian, and then not having that, not just not having that, but being told basically that I need to leave, which by the way, my ex-husband never went back to that church ever. So even after they asked me to leave, he didn't come back. I mean, that's, so it was all a wasted effort in the end anyway, on their part, but yeah, just a crazy scenario. It took years. And that wasn't during that time. That's what I was saying earlier. I didn't stop reading my Bible. In fact, I probably clung to that even more because I was trying to find something somewhere that would tell me that I was okay. Yeah. And if you're a divorced Christian out there now, and you're listening to this, just understand that if, if God has our, if, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and savior, you are already forgiven. And that might not make every decision that you make correct. And it might not make everything right, but God doesn't take away your forgiveness when you mess up. There's no way he does. He brings you back into grace. You know, there might be natural consequences. There might be um, things that you have to contend with to that's just part of life when you make those mistakes, but he's not taking away your grace. He's not taking away his mercy and his love from you. And it took me a long time to 
figure that out in my own head. I actually met my husband who lived an hour away and, um, you know, we ended up moving over here and it was through all of that time, I wasn't attending church at all. Um, you know, I had Christian friends or whatever, but it, it was, it wasn't until a couple of years later that a woman who happened to be the mom of one of my daughter's friends who said, Hey, my husband's a pastor here and we'd love to have you, you know? And so I kind of was like, okay, here we go again. And I mean, now we've been there for years and it's, it's, it's good for us, but, um, yeah, it was, it was devastating to, to go through that and not know, not be able to kind of find your footing with God, because even though he didn't leave me, he never left me. Mm-hmm. I knew that what I was doing in my mind, it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing, but it also wasn't, it couldn't be avoided. So I didn't know how to correlate those. No, I'm glad you said that because um, a lot of times I know, cause we've all been taught that, you know, unless it's infidelity or something like that, that a divorce is not something that you should do. But I always say like, you can't make somebody stay. And if somebody's going to leave you, like, what are you going to do? It's more wrong to tie them up and keep them in a house and kidnap them. <laughs> right. Than to just let them get a divorce, you know? So it's like, I think in situations like that, I don't think that we should blame the people. I don't actually, to be honest, I don't think we should blame people for divorce at all because it's just like, it happens. Like, Right. It just happens. And if somebody just says, you know, I just want a divorce, it's like, there's nothing you can do to make them stay. And if you did, then you'd be on Snap or some other show about how this woman went crazy yes. and kept her husband in the house because yeah. she did not want to get a divorce, you know? So it's like, yeah. sometimes there's just nothing you can do. But like, I like the fact that you say God is with us, even, you know, regardless of what right. happens to us, the decisions and how his forgiveness never leaves us, regardless of what happens in our lives. That is so true. And I'm glad yeah. that friend was able to talk to you to let you know that everybody's not like that. Like, since I've shared my story, and I, I will admit, it took me a while to be able to uh, to get that out. Like, that was kind of the intent when the podcast, the blog, and all of that kind of started was like, eventually I would share because I know that other people have had hurts from the church, yeah. you know, and not maybe not necessarily connected to divorce. But once I shared that out on the podcast, I got so many messages from other women who were like, you know, not exactly the same, but they went through very similar circumstances. The hurt that comes with the church, it's, you know, I, it sometimes is just so detrimental to the end goal of, of getting people into that relationship with Christ. And, you know, and it's not just like divorce. Like I, I have this conversation a lot when people want to like throw up homosexuality is like, Mm -hmm the end all sin. Yes. That's not it. You know, like that's not it. Oh, sure. Homosexuality is a sin. And you know, I, I don't like that you're living in that, like that that's your identity. Some people make that their identity, you know, but it's the same. That sin isn't any worse than me getting divorced. That sin isn't any worse than somebody having sex before marriage. That sin isn't any worse than, you know, a a whole slew of things. So it's not like, you know, no, I think the same yeah. way because people do want to make it sound like that's the end all, whatever, and that's where sometimes people don't understand where I come with. I come from on that either because I'm all for gay rights. Come just like, well, why are we going to treat people as inhuman because they don't do something that I think they should or should not do? And so with that whole thing, I get what you're saying because it's the same as, like you said, fornication. It's the same as like shacking up with somebody it's all the same sin right it's like 
So I can't say, oh, your sin is worse than I'm doing this, but you know, it's not as bad as what you just did because I think the majority of people have had sex before marriage. The majority of us have done sexual things that we probably should not have. So how are we going to judge somebody else when God looks at it as one category? It's all sin. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's with there's a man, no woman, there's no levels. <laughs> it's yeah. all the same thing. So no, right. I totally feel you on that one. Right. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that those things are okay or good in God's sight. I, 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 like, I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I can't condone you and I don't condone you. I still love you mm-hmm. no matter what, Yeah. because you know, who's ever won anyone over for Christ with hate. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. And, and so my whole thing is just, I just want to love you and I'll share God's love through that love. And, and that means that I can be kind, I can be nice and I can be giving and I can be understanding and empathetic. And, you know, all those things of like, I might not agree with what you're doing, but I certainly don't think that you should be treated any certain way because of what you're doing. Like, did you kill someone? I mean, you know, like (laughs) that's, if you haven't, we're probably good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just because of your your life choices. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't, I, I can't stand in any kind of judgment because who am I? Who am I? Yeah, no, I get the same thing. I've always told my kids, if you see someone who's being picked at at school because of, you no know, their what? gender or for, you know, whoever the underdog is, if they are being picked at at school, I'm like, you need to stop that or you need to tell a teacher or you need to intervene somehow so that that doesn't happen. And my kids are good about that. They're like the younger generation. They're like, they don't really see, pay attention to the color. Everything is okay. They're friends with everybody. And, you know, I'm kind of happy that they see the world through that lens instead of seeing it the other way where people are so judgmental and not forgiving and right. kind and just black and white. Like, no, you're doing this, not going to be your friend. You're not a Christian, right. not going to talk to you. You know, I'm just glad that they see it differently. And yeah. you were talking about the whole church thing. I get it because I um, was at a church where people would constantly call me out, talking to me about my clothes that I was wearing and because they weren't quote unquote appropriate and I'm just like I at the time I was working for the state I was a rehabilitation counselor these were the same clothes I wore to work and <laughs> when I went to church oh they're too provocative it's too this I'm like I wear these too I'm like I wear this to work and they're like well you can't do you can't wear the same stuff you were wearing in the world I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> clothes like, I'm a professional I have a master's degree I work a professional job what are you talking about But it did like kind of make me upset. But then it made me feel like, okay, so if you feel like you can come to me talking to me about my clothes, then whatever you get back is what you get back and you deserve it. So then I stopped trying to be kind about it. And when people said something, it was just like, I just shut you down. Yeah. And you know, however it came out, it just came out because at that point I was just frustrated. And this went on for like a period of a year or so. And then finally, I had to get, like, rude to people. I had to, like, really get rude. And you're like, hey, you want to go there? Let's go there. And by the time I finished, nobody wanted to talk to me about anything. But I would feel like going to church, I would just feel, like, in fight mode. <laughs> like, seriously. Uh-huh. Just like, That's horrible, isn't it? It is. And then I think the last straw for me was, um, okay, so it had been a year. It, no one's really saying anything to me about anything or whatever. I was staying on the praise team, and then all of a sudden, they came up with this rule for everybody that if you wore clothes that they thought were too tight, or if you wore clothes that they thought were too short, or to me, it's just like if you wore any kind of clothes, because 
Like, it's like they wanted you to wear robes. They wanted <laughs> to have a uniform to stay on a crazy. I'm just like, you know what? This is not for me. I'm like, I can say anywhere I want to say. I don't have to be stuck in this situation. Because to me, it felt oppressive. And right. I think any religion that starts to feel oppressive or you have anxiety driving to church or feel like angry going there, I'm like, maybe it's a good, maybe you just should not go. So for me, the thing that happened is like, I was, th- I've been thinking about this kind of stuff for years, <laughs> like for yeah. years. So I'm just like, it's not making sense. Like, how are we saying one thing, but then we're doing another. And I was even at a point where I was embarrassed when they would have like revelation seminars and revivals and they're coming and talking about doctrine. I'm just like, what about God? People like you're telling them all these rules, but we're not telling them about God. Like, what do they know about him? You can't tell people all this stuff because that's all they're going to know. Like God is bigger than all of this. So we're spending more time focusing on religion as a whole and all the rules and everything, but we're not spending time talking about God. So that was my whole thing. And so I remember the last conversation I had with anybody was when, um, was right before the coronavirus. And I was telling them, I was like, you know, I'm just not feeling this. I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, I'm saying it, but I get nothing from it. Sermons aren't doing anything for me. Like, I am just not feeling this. And they're like, well, Kiana, you know, it can't be. It just depends on your relationship with God. I'm like, no, that is fine. It's the church I'm just not feeling. Like, and I think those, those two things are separate because it is okay if you're not feeling the church that you're in because of certain things. It doesn't mean that you don't have a relationship with God. And I think people get confused with that. So that was my whole thing. I was like, you know, I'm just going to have that relationship with God. God and I are going to get closer. And that is what I'm going to do. Now, of course, I'm not going to say I'm never going to go to church or anything because I know there's a church out there that is probably non-denominational, less judgment, (laughs) you know, all the things. I understand church is not perfect, which I'm cool with. But I'm not cool with people coming and always trying to, you know, pick right. on you about certain things. That's not even a big thing. Like, it's not even a big oh. deal. And if they're saying that to you, I mean, what kind of vibes are they? And I, I say vibes. I don't mean like goodbye. You know what I mean? But like, what kind of vibes are they putting off to visitors who are who have no idea what God is all about? And you're coming exactly. in and I, you know, people change churches all the time. And I think that that's. I mean, and I don't want to say normal, like I hope that people, everyone finds a church home and they, but I, I think people get it confused when they're reading in the Bible and they read about the church, they look, they think of like a building because right. that's what we know, we're going to church. Whereas when we, when the Bible says church, typically we're talking about the church community, Christ mm-hmm. followers, you know, when it says, do not give up meeting with together. Sure. That means with, with a group of Christians, but their group of Christians was like in a house you know, like they're, they're getting together and they're, they're, you know, learning and and teaching each other, like in a house, a a small group, not this big mega church type of idea, ideology, I guess, that we have these days. And not that those are wrong. I mean, you know, go get fed, listen to what the, what God's told, you know, sharing through the pastor. But if that, if what that guy is saying doesn't match up with what you know of God in the Bible, then that's, that's where the issues are. And that's where you got to find your own, (laughs) got to find your own place, either go somewhere else or, you know, something's got to give because you can't just keep going to a church because that's what you think you're supposed to do. And I think people kind of get stuck in that mentality sometimes like, well, this is just my church. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, but you know, you're the one who keeps going there. You can, there (laughs) there are so many other places that you can try and, you know, it might take you a while. You know, we went through, I think this was our 
our second church once we moved over here. And the first church was fine. It just wasn't, um, it, it was fine. That's, I'll, I'll just say it was fine. But the second church that we went to, the one that we're still going to today, you know, and, and since COVID has happened, there's been some things where I'm like, why are we doing this? I th- and sometimes I think churches get stuck in that. We do that just because this is what we do yeah. mentality instead of like really listening and like, you know, God isn't a necessarily, yes, he is a, he's the same God, but that doesn't mean that he's a boring God where, <laughs> where you just have to do it because this is what we've done every Easter for the past 20 years. We've done this. That doesn't mean that you have to do, you know, anyway. Yeah. Churches sometimes aren't even like willing to change or do things differently because the way things are happening in society, things are always changing. So you cannot do the same thing and expect to get the same results. That's just my personal opinion. And now that we all know that we necessarily don't even need to go to church, we can just watch it. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy the meeting together part. It's the, all the church politics, you know what I mean? That's the part that kind of wears on, on people. And, you know, if it's wearing on us as, as Christian women, gosh, you just imagine what it must be like for those who are coming in brand new, who are going, oh, this is a lot. Like, <laughs> this is this is a lot. Well, let me ask you one more question. The question yeah. is this. Okay, so let's say there's someone out there who's listening. They're looking for God. They're trying to find him. They just don't know where to start. Like, what advice could you give to someone who is looking to find God? That's such a loaded question. I would love to say just start in his word, but that's so intimidating to just pick up the Bible and Cause you know, I don't know about you. When I first was like, I'm just going to learn about God. I started in Genesis or I started in, you know, whatever. And I'm like, that's not, that's don't do that. Don't do that. You know, a lot of people say start in the book of John and that's fine. It just lays the groundwork, but I would really like encourage you to, um, well, and there's so many ways to do it. Like in the past, I would have said, find a Christian who, who you think is is strong in that you know, in that area and can teach you who somebody who wants to disciple you like a mentor, a discipleship mentor. And that's, that's still a great suggestion. You should do that. If you have someone in your life who is a strong Christian and you know that, that, that they have what you're wanting, go ahead and try to make that connection. But there's also like modern world. There's so many other things you can do. Uh, You know, so many podcasts that you can listen to YouTube channels. There are Christians on TikTok who fit all kinds of genres of of you know Christians you know what I mean so if you're looking for a more straight-laced kind of Christian I'm probably not your person but um you know that's not to say that there aren't others out there who who aren't so I mean there's just so many different ways that you can kind of connect with people and and start learning through like you know if you're just wanting to learn about the Bible like I said I have my own podcast where where we do Bible studies and I'm pretty I look, I don't take it easy out there. Like we're going in depth. We're talking about like, what does the Greek word actually mean? And why don't we understand it to mean that today kind of thing? And so, I mean, so there's those kinds of things, but really prayer time is huge. And, um, and I know that that's also intimidating, <laughs> you know, like, how do you, how do you come to the God of who created the universe and expect him to hear you? But the more that you do that, the easier it gets. Just like talking to someone that you've just met, you know, like it might not be an easy conversation the first time that you talk to someone, a new coworker or whatever, but like you get to know them eventually. Like you, you keep talking to them and you keep spending time together. And really all God wants with you is a relationship, not a crisis management relationship, but a relationship, right? Like a real authentic 
you know, two-way street kind of thing. So it really is all about prayer time and being in his word and really putting yourself open to listening to him. And, and we do a lot of that through his word. So, I mean, honestly, if, if finding a, um, if a, finding a church is too intimidating, because that can be, I mean, nobody really wants to walk into a church brand new if they don't have a friend there or something. So, you know, find a friend who, who is a Christian, find a church if that's, you know, if, if that's your option there. Um, and maybe that friend will invite you to church and that's always easier that way too. Listen to some podcasts, follow the YouTube, you know what I mean? YouTube stuff. It's all over these days. Like you said, we can literally tune into some of the greatest godly speakers around the world today, just by clicking online and, and, you know, following their live stream or whatever. So, um, you know, choose a couple that you want to listen to or, or who've been recommended to, to you. I always, um, Kyle Eidelman, who is the author of not a fan and which is, um, not a fan. Like I, I'm not a fan of Jesus Christ. I'm an actual follower of Jesus Christ, that kind of not a fan. And he has a new one. I just don't remember what it is newer. I should say, um, I always recommend him to, to newer Christians because he just lays it out there. He's authentic in it. And he's, he is the pastor at, it's a big one. I don't remember Southeast in Kentucky, maybe something like that. It's a big one, but yeah, Kyle Eidelman, his dad was actually my, the president of my college (laughs) when I was there. And so he graduated just a couple of years before I did, but I'm like, you know, so I know what his background is, but um, he's always one that I kind of, that I always just put out there and, and say, Hey, he's a, he's a great one to listen to. If you, if you don't know much about what you're doing, and if you are really more of a, um, this is going to sound maybe funny, but this person made a big impact on my life and my husband's life. And, and once we met him, he was the most authentic person, but you're going to laugh at me when I say who it is. So, um, Brian head Welch, who is the um, guitarist for the band corn. Uh, we, we actually listened to love and death a lot, which is his Christian band. Um, and he's back with corn now, but he has a couple of books, um, my eyes wide open. And I don't remember the other one. I have them. And uh, yeah, Justin and I, my husband and I met him a few years ago. Just, we didn't go hear him play, but we just went to listen to him speak because he does speaking engagements sometimes. And, um, when he met with all, you know, basically people just lined up and they came through the door and they got to, you know, meet him, talk with him, whatever. He was so genuine. Like it was so refreshing to meet somebody who clearly, you know, he does not, um, you meet people who are in that kind of a, uh, a frame of life, I guess, you know, celebrity like that. And they're kind of aloof and they don't really interact. Not like that at all. He was taking the time to pray with people who were coming through he, you know, legitimately asked questions and we like had a, a real conversation about, you know, cause at that time we were promoting Christian rock concerts. So we mm-hmm. had a real conversation about that kind of stuff, like just a very genuine person. But like you said, his story is amazing. So I always kind of point people to that way too, especially if that's kind of the traje- trajectory that their life has taken drugs, alcohol, divorce, child custody, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff, man, his story is powerful. And God's using him in amazing ways. So I know he gets a lot of hate for going back to corn, but he's reaching people that I can't reach, you know, yeah. people who aren't going to listen to me. No, I agree. So if anyone wanted to contact you, how will we get in contact with you? You can find me at uh, wrongkindofchristian.com. 
you can find me on Facebook. It's actually wrong kind of Christian blog on Facebook, because if you just put in wrong kind of Christian, it'll take you to some homeschool group, which is ironic. I should reach out to them and find out what that's all about. Um, And I'm on Instagram, wrong kind of Christian. I'm on Twitter, kind underscore wrong. I'm on clubhouse, but I'm not very active. So like at all, I've never led a room or anything. I just kind of pop in and watch people um, or listen, I should say to people over there. Um, but you can always reach me on for sure on my website and my email address and all that's on there. All the social media and everything is linked right there on that on ronkindofchristian.com. Well, I will make sure I put all of this in the show notes. So just be a click away and they can definitely go and find you. And guys, I would advise you to listen to her podcast. It's really great. So you have to listen to it. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here with us. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Wow, wasn't that an amazing interview? My favorite part of the interview was when Megan talks about how she was asked to leave the church after her divorce. And of course, this is crazy because why would you ask someone to leave the church when this is a time when they need the church more than ever? But it just goes to show that sometimes there can be times when you in church that you can get hurt. And what I like about what she said is that you don't have to stay in this situation. No one is telling you if you don't, if you want to go to church that you don't have to go to church or not to go to church. But what she's saying is that there is always another church you can find. You can look for somewhere else. I honestly don't believe that you should be anywhere where you are being emotionally abused or if you are constantly experiencing anxiety this is not healthy for you emotionally and sometimes i think as christians we get it confused like oh it's just the devil and we should be at church we just have to ignore the things that happen to us and let me just tell you that's not true you don't have to minimize your feelings you don't have to ignore what has happened or what's being said to you if it's verbally abusive and if it's rude and causing you emotional distress you can go to another church No one's telling you that you have to stay in this situation. A few months ago, I remember, I'm in several groups on Facebook, and it was a group where this lady asked um, who experienced church hurt. And you would be surprised by how many people responded. But the thing that struck me the most is what they said. They were like, well, we just ignored it and kept on going. Or we just realized that's the devil coming after us, and we we just left it alone. Or we just dealt with it and left it alone. And I was shocked. I was floored by these responses because they were minimizing their feelings. They are making it seem like what they experienced wasn't worth talking about. And I think it is worth talking about. And I think their feelings are valid. And what I want to say to anybody, regardless of what church you go to, if you are in a church that's making you feel unwelcome, unwanted, if they are always criticizing you or if there is time, are times where you feel like your feelings are being minimized or if you're being verbally abused, whatever it is, if this is a situation where you don't think God would be pleased if you stay or if it's causing you a lot of emotional distress, then please go find another church. There are many churches out there who are not going to be this way. So you don't have to settle for this church because you're born into it or because you feel this is quote unquote the right church to be in. You need to go somewhere where your soul can be fed, where you can go there and be emotionally okay because your mental health is important. So please, whatever you do, do not disregard your mental health just because you feel like you need to go to a certain church. All right, with that being said, I also want to highlight our artist of the week. Our featured artist for the week is D. Moses, and here is his song, Time and Chance. 
The race is not to the swift The battle is not to the strong The bread is not to the wise The riches are not of the understanding Or favor to the man of skill Time and chance happen to the all Time and chance Happen to Deep the Moses time Check it Yo, everything happens for a reason From the start, from the beginning And it's got given season In case you wonder why you breathing Get connected to your maker Like a hook It's time for fishing for the truck Catch you trapping You gotta get the ride Shoe Let it fit in for me And maybe two Two is better than one Greater than God There's none Our prayers view will change you Two into a highly set Tied up on the yacht That's sliding good A prayer's grace Will face your mood Like a mirror on the wall Made the walls off Jerry Cole, folding every aspect of your life, quit holding on to beef, get it mixed up like shoe, and fight the good fight of faith. The light will get the darkness confused. Let's talk about it, let's move close around it from the top, like a parking lot, round about it. Life is in stages like the lights, camera action needs. Focus on the future, give thanks for the memories. Eternal over temporaries, that is how my choice is. Matthew 6, verse 25, I got it like my groceries. Stack to the Lord, he's been sticking to his promises. Addicted to his love and his joy is where my flourish is. Got more chemistry than all the drugs in the pharmacies. When the going gets tough, he shows up like robberies. Saving everybody, the scene is to fly like Hercules. Pursue that wisdom, keep it 100 like a century. Uh -huh. Let it change, you produce something like a factory Ain't nothing sweeter than the word of God, my nectary The constitution of the kingdom of God No debauchery, Ephesians 5 verse 18 for your pantry That's your heart, pack it like this rent free Men do not leave on bread alone, confirm with a Thank you so much for joining me today on the Finding God Podcast. I had an amazing time hanging out with you. And if you guys would like to find out more about Megan and what she's doing and listen to her podcast, all of that information is in the show notes. So you can look on Join Megan on social media and you will find all of that information. All you have to do is click on it and you will be directed to Megan. If you would like to contact me on social media, I am definitely available. All you have to do is click join Kiana on social media and you'll be able to get to me as well. Now, if you have a story that you would like to tell about how you found God, please send me a message either on Facebook or Instagram and let me know that you would love to be a guest on the show. If you have a song that you would like to share on the show, let me know and I will tell you where to send it so that your music can be featured on the podcast as well. All right, well, guys, I think that is all. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Remember that God loves you no matter what, and I will talk to you next Friday. Have an awesome day and amazing weekend. Bye-bye.